0: Welcome, everybody, to season three of the Behind the Rails podcast. I am your host, Travis Miller of Boiler Upload. And with me, as always, is Purdue's all time touchdowns leader, the running back great Corey Sheets. How are you doing, Corey?
1: I'm alright. And you?
0: I am good. It's good to have you back for another season. And with us tonight is Jace Jellison, our football writer here at Boiler Upload. How are you doing?
2: I'm good. I feel honored. I don't know if you guys have done guests before, I'm I'm kind of tagging in here, so I appreciate you guys having me.
0: Well, we had a guest last year, we had uh, uh, Devin Mockaby's uncle came on for one episode, and that was a good episode, it was good to have him.
2: Yeah, Uh, it was fun.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, To pay a few bills real quick, as always, our podcasts are brought to you by Reindeer Shuttle, because driving to the airport sucks. They will take you to the O'Hare or Indianapolis International Airport from West Lafayette, They'll take care of everything you need. Just sit back, relax. They'll take you right to the doorstep of the airport. And with that, we can start talking about some football this season with Fresno state. And, uh, I guess we'll go with you, Corey first, you know, how's it feel that first game week of the year coming out of camp, just the excitement that's around the, around the program and everything.
1: I mean, you you antsy, you've been waiting all summer to hit somebody else outside of your, your teammates. And, uh, you're ready to get that season underway. And uh, depending on where you're at, whether you're a freshman or a seasoned senior, you could be either nervous or antsy. So it, it all depends on what level you're at.
0: Now, you didn't have to truly go through with the coaching change. You were part of that transition a little bit, because I know uh, Danny Hope was named the coach in waiting your senior season. So it's a little bit different now. New coach, mm-hmm. new, new everything really with the football complex.
1: Yeah, I actually uh, went there last uh fall. And uh, it's it's amazing, like <laughs> 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 I almost re-enrolled and uh, see if uh-huh. I can get me another season in.
0: <laughs> oh, they got even more changes now. They got a tunnel. They got a tunnel from the football complex into the stadium now.
1: Yeah, I seen that. It uh it uh uh seen that the construction and stuff going on and it looks great. I, mean, I can't wait to go see it. I'm actually uh, trying to go to the Ohio State game.
0: Oh, that'll be a good one. That'll be a good one. And uh, we, we need to get you out there leading the uh-huh. show. I mean, we got to do it, man. You, nobody's found the end zone more than you have, so. All
1: right. And the way the, the way the league's set up now, I don't think it's going to happen again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, let's take an early look at Fresno State. And, uh, Jace, kind of what have you heard with the team preparing here and everything else, especially since you talked to offensive coordinator Graham Harrell today.
2: Yeah, I mean, Fresno State, you think about teams in the Mountain West, you don't really um, think of them as maybe a typical threat to a team like Purdue, obviously, who's had uh, some pretty good success here recently. But, like, I mean, Fresno State might be the best Mountain West team in the last 10 or so years. I mean, they've been consistently winning eight, nine, ten games. Coming off back to back ten win years. Um, last year won the Mountain West Championship game. Uh, and they beat Washington State in the LA Bowl. They started out one and four, rattled off nine wins in a row. So, I mean, this is a team that's gonna give Purdue a test. They have a lot of guys coming back on defense. Um, I think it was like seven or eight of their starters, um, that was that were that was the fourteenth ranked defense in terms of scoring defense last season in the country. Um so uh their defense is phenomenal. Offensively they're gonna have some question marks. They lost Jake Hayner who's uh one of the best quarterbacks in their school's history up there with the Carr brothers. Um so I mean they they've they're kinda in a similar boat as Purdue, um in terms of roster roster turnover and things like that. But um Coach Tedford's he, he's phenomenal. He's one of the best in the business. I think he's Kind of underappreciated from a national perspective. I know um, you probably don't know a whole lot about him up until the last couple weeks. So um, Fresno State is going to be a tough test for Purdue, especially coming in with all these unknowns that, that Purdue has. Yeah, I'm,
0: I went to look here, see uh, Corey's four season openers. Got four dubs. I got to give <laughs> you credit there, man. Uh, Akron, Indiana State, Toledo, and Northern Colorado. <laughs> so uh, I think Fresno State's stepping up a little bit in weight class from those four programs, honestly.
1: Yeah, those weren't too, uh, too hard of a game. It was kind of over at halftime.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm seeing Indiana State 60-35 to 35 here. I think you had three <laughs> or four touchdowns in that
1: game. <laughs> yeah, like Yeah. <laughs> I think the the, the, the two. I honestly think I ain't play past the third quarter.
0: It <laughs> <laughs> oh, was hot that day too, man. I it, know it's always hot those season openers, man. Yeah,
1: always hot. You get some oranges, you be all right. Stay near. The <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I guess Corey, what kind
0: of what are you looking for this year with <laughs> new coaching staff? I mean, everything's a little bit different. They're not going to be uh, strictly passing, but they're going to be more of the. Uh, air raid with a running element with uh, Maccabee
1: still in the backfield. Uh, Well, you know, that's what I'm excited to see is my boy Devin. So I've seen them highlighting him and saying they're going to get him touches. And I'm excited to see what he can do in the second year because he he should be more comfortable. So his nerves should be worn down. He should be able to see the field and the game should start slowing down for him. And I'm very excited to see what this season can have. So for
0: yeah, it it'll, it'll be interesting. Um Benton he'll probably he's probably bulked up a little bit this off season. What
2: have you seen from him in camp uh,
0: if anything, Jace?
2: I mean Mockaby's, mockery's Maccabee, you know. Um he's got that he's kind of got that cult following a little bit. The mock train and I know his his family is a big part in that. Um and they they love promoting their their guy, but um I mean he's going to be the top guy. Um obviously like Dylan Downing and Tyrone Tracy are going to come in and um, get some carriers. I know Tyrone Tracy is going to be more of that third down receiving back, but I mean Maccabee, he could be a, a three down back for you because he he was the second leading receiver coming back. I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, um, he really improved as a pass catcher. I thought last year, so he's going to be a guy that's going to still be a focal point in the offense, and um, I think he's going to reach a thousand yards.
0: A thousand. I like I like to see that. I think. I hey, think Corey, you might have been the last one to hit a thousand yards. <laughs> I was moment.
1: just about to say, who was the last? uh the last guy to do that?
0: <laughs> I, I think I really do think it was you. Uh, mm-hmm. I I know I was looking it up. They only have had eight or nine thousand yard seasons at Purdue, and I believe Mike Allstott has at least two of them, if not three of them. Uh, obviously, you've got one. I think Joey Harris had one somewhere in there. But it, I mean, thousand yard season—that is—that's quite the accomplishment, isn't it?
1: I mean, at Purdue, yes, It's because they're known for passing the ball and passing the ball and passing the ball. So if you're running the ball at Purdue and you get a thousand yards, you're doing something well. You don't get many uh, attempts. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I think one of the interesting things that you'll see this year, Corey, is uh, Hudson Card, Purdue's new quarterback, a lot more mobile than Aiden O'Connell. As much as I, as much as I loved Aiden. I often said that he was about as mobile as the Boilermaker statue. So <laughs> I, think you might see, I think you might see a little bit of uh, more RPO. How does that help out the uh, running game when you've got a quarterback that's capable of running too?
1: I mean, that's when you can incorporate the option. And that's something Purdue's dibble and dabble with, but never really had somebody that can really run it. I'm not sure who the last quarterback was. I know when I was playing, it was Justin Siller. Uh, oh, Siller was well, awesome, though. <laughs> yeah, I, hey, I was a big advocate of his. I, I really uh, petitioned for him to, to, to start that Michigan game, and you know we went out there and killed them guys. <laughs> so <laughs> but having a mobile quarterback, it, it changes it changes the game. It it makes the defenses stay home, makes them play honest, even if they got the DBs covered, he can always run. So it's 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 a it's a big asset to have in the backfield. All right, so
0: I did. I did bring it up here because I've got the I've got the yearbook up with all the rushing stats. There have been eight one thousand yard rushing seasons in school history. Officially, you were the last one in two thousand eight. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> 1,131, so uh, I believe Ralph Bolden came relatively close a couple years later, I know he was over 900, Mockaby last year had 968, so he came pretty close, I mean, 1,000 isn't, 1,000's not outside the realm of possibility, especially a 12-13 game season if you reach a bowl game
1: No, I mean, I don't really count a bowl game, but they they do that now, don't they?
0: Yeah, Mm. they do that
1: I mean, yeah, you count a bowl game, but it's it should be easy to do it with a bowl game. That's <laughs> it's like ninety yards a game. <laughs> Shit.
0: <laughs> well, it would have been interesting last year because Moxie <laughs> didn't play the opener. He did not play against Penn State. I was, I was just about to
1: ask. When, when did he start playing? Because I don't. I remember him getting a couple carries here and there, but it was like garbage time. And then he started playing like the third or fourth game, right?
0: Uh, he His first action was the second game against Indiana State. He got in very late in that one, but he still had 78 yards of, in garbage time. Uh, Only had 13 carries over the next two games. It was Minnesota that he really broke it open. That was his first 100-yard game. And he had four 100-yard games. Was a yard short of 100 yards against Indiana. So he almost mm. had five. And,
1: uh, you know, another season like that, he can be right there. I mean... He's primed. He should he should hit 1,000 a, hit a yards this season. It should, it is, it's very easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose we should also
0: talk a little bit here about Fresno State itself. Um, I know that, as Jace mentioned, they lost a lot from last year. They lost Jake Hayner, their starting quarterback. He was a longtime quarterback. Started his career in 2017 <laughs> at Washington. <laughs> Uh, had some red shirts, had the COVID year, everything else. And I'm pretty sure he ended up at least in a training camp this year. And then, uh, Jordan Mims, 3000 yard running back. He has gone and signed with Buffalo as a free agent. Uh, you had Jordan Moreno Cropper, who was a free agent by the Cowboys. He was a thousand yard receiver. And you know, that's three guys. You lose a thousand yard receiver, a thousand yard rusher. And a guy through near 10,000 yards in his career. Those are big losses, aren't they Jays?
2: Yeah, they also lost their other two top receivers um from that team. I mean that that offense was really good. I remember I was reading your story um that you posted today. If people haven't read that, check it out. Um they had they've averaged over 30 points a game like five straight seasons, which is pretty crazy. They they've had a they've had a really good offense out there um at Fresno, but um yeah, I mean the guy that's taken over for Jake Hayner, I think People are sleeping on him. Um, He came in as a true freshman at UCF and had a lot of success. Um, Got benched last year. Mikey Keene, um, he's a transfer, obviously, from UCF, like I said. Um, Really good quarterback. He's finally going to get his chance to have the keys to a college offense. Um, And Coach Tedford, I mean, they're going to set him up for success. The issue with him, though, is just going to be the guys around him. They got Jalen Gill, who came in from Boston College. Um, and then they got Malik Sherrod out of the backfield who kind of played second fiddle to Jordan Mims last year, like you mentioned. Um, so his weapons aren't aren't as established, obviously, as as the ones that Jake Hainer had. But, um, you know, it, I always find myself coming back to Charlie Jones last year. You can never count out a, a transfer that's coming in looking for an opportunity. Um, some of these guys could really surprise us on, on September 2nd. So um, on paper – They don't have a whole lot of experience at the wide receiver and tight end and and running back spots, but um, they could be a surprise.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at their schedule last year, and like you said, they finished on a nine-game win streak. They won the Mountain West. The four losses, not bad. Um, Lost by three points at home to Oregon State. Oregon State went on to win 10 games and was one of the better teams out West. Uh, They got blown out kind of at USC, but USC – was a team that, I mean, they had the Heisman winner. so (laughs) uh, They lost to Boise State at Boise by 20, but then they later avenged that loss because they played Boise again at Boise State again in the Mountain West Championship and won that game. (sighs) And then the only other loss was a bit of a head-scratcher. They lost to UConn by five at UConn, but this was was a significantly improved UConn. (laughs) UConn UConn was pretty good last year. They made hey,
1: a bowl game, yes. Hey, don't stomp on them them CT players, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Corey's always going to represent UConn since he was from Connecticut. So,
1: I mean, I ain't gonna represent UConn because I'm a Purdue guy. But uh, them CT players are uh, the players to watch. And there's a there's a guy on our, on our squad uh, this year. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing play this year. Hey, uh, I'm not gonna do
0: this. I mean, they had a UConn was a team that did not play at all in 2020. And so the last three seasons before last year that they played, they won a grand total of four games. So mm-hmm. to come out and win six last year, not knock it, man. Good on you. <laughs> Great job. <laughs> right, right. Uh, let's take a look at the defense here. Uh, they averaged giving up just under 20 points a game. And like, like Jay said, a lot of that – uh, defense is back. They did lose David Perales. He had 11 and a half sacks. He ended up getting signed by the Steelers. He was their most significant loss, but uh, they get pretty much everybody else back. You've got Cam Lockridge as a defensive back with five interceptions a year ago. Lavelle Bailey, 86 tackles. He's coming back as a fifth year guy. Malachi Langley, another uh, linebacker, 67 tackles. So you got a bunch of fifth year guys here. How.
2: How do you see this defense performing against Purdue, Jace? Well, I mean, we we know what we're going to get out of that Fresno State defense. They're going to be tough. They're going to play the pass well. Um, I know Kyle had mentioned earlier in the week that he thinks Purdue is going to have to lean on Mockaby a little bit to start the game, open up play action, and, and things of like that nature. And then Hudson Cardin and Graham Harrell can dial some stuff up. But um, I just think there's so many question marks surrounding Purdue's offense. It's the same with everything around this team. This, this whole team is one giant question mark, which I think makes the season more exciting, um, maybe comparative to, comparatively to last year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, Graham, Harrell's, Graham Harrell, he's going to dial up some passes. Purdue's going to throw the ball around the yard. So um, it's just going to be a matter of those wide receivers. Can they get open? Can they fill those spots? If they can do that, then Purdue's going to have success.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm looking at the death chart here, and there were a couple surprises yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the biggest one to me was Max Claire winning the starting tight end job. It's true, true freshman out of Cincinnati, I didn't know he was anywhere near the top, and he ends up beating out Paul Peferi, a guy who I think is in his fourth year. Obviously, Garrett Miller's heard he probably was going to be the guy, if uh, if not for uh, his injury. But mm-hmm. you know what? What do we know about Max honestly Jace I, I hadn't known a whole lot about him until he saw he topped the depth chart
2: Yeah so aside from Garrett Miller and Paul Perry who I thought would be the top two guys um if if Miller was healthy like you mentioned uh Max Claire Drew Bibber and George Burhin who's the re- or the true freshman from Mount Vernon all those guys are a, a tiny bit smaller around 240 245 and they can all run uh, they're super athletic. They're tall, 6'4", 6'5", obviously. Um, and Seth Dagey, who's the tight ends coach, he's raved about the tight end room the whole offseason. I mean, we talked to him in April. Um, he was glowing about him. I mean, we talked to him during fall camp. He was glowing about him. I mean, he he didn't rule out anyone taking a red shirt or not playing at all. He said that he could see everybody playing, and uh, Max Clare just proves that. I mean, he's going to be a guy that – if he can take the reins on that starting role, he could turn into a five hundred yard guy that that becomes one of Hudson Card's safety valves or top options.
0: I like hearing that. Uh, I like hearing that a lot. <laughs> what What do you think, Corey? What are you thinking about all these new names and that? Uh, just how hard is it to integrate so many pieces to start a season?
1: <clears throat> Honestly, it depends on how camp went. If those guys came in and gelled nicely, then. They should hit the hit the road, hit the ground running. But if things would then – and this has nothing to do with guys knowing the plays. This is all all got to do with guys coming together and getting behind whichever quarterback is starting, and getting behind the old lineman and, and understanding your role. And you may have been the tr- big transfer that came in, but you might not be the guy in this offense. Even though mm-hmm. that was might have been enrolled at the other school and they told you told you that. So <clears throat> it all depends on how the offense is gels and if that starting quarterback can lead. Who's gonna, who's gonna start the starting quarterback? Uh, they announced uh,
0: his name is Yeah, his name is Hudson Card. He is a transfer in from Texas. Started a few games for Texas last year before you Quinn Ewers kinda of took the job Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, he I mean, he basically would be a starter on a lot of teams. But you had Quinn Ewers was one of the better quarterbacks in the I country, mean. and then they add Arch Manning. I mean, <laughs> he kind of saw the writing on the wall. Was like, all right, I'm getting out of here. And he's been the unquestioned number one guy from day one and sitting
1: on campus, setting foot on campus. They, they, okay, so I, I could do that day one deal with those politics. <laughs> no, matter what, no matter what you do, this guy's going to be the starter. So <laughs> I get I don't, that. I but mean, I... Wait, go ahead.
2: I was going to say they didn't really have that much of an option, to be All honest right. with you. They didn't have a whole lot of depth quarterback spot behind him.
1: So if the guys if the guys came in and, and follows his lead and he controls the offense and, and takes take lead, hey, the offense can be explosive and sky's the limit, so it's exciting to see. Uh, what unit do you think is kind of ahead of the
0: curve right now, Jace? The offense or the defense? <laughs> I, I,
2: it's hard to tell because I feel like early in the spring it was the offense I was just tearing them up during a, like brief 11-on-11 11 11 stuff. They weren't really doing contact. And, but um, Towards the latter half of of training camp, Coach Walter said that they were pretty much going back and forth during practice. No one really had the upper edge. Um, so I think they're they're well balanced across the board, honestly.
0: Yeah, and honestly, I think Purdue, you talk about question marks and everything. I think you got even more on the defense, especially that secondary. You've got Marcus Wilson and Marquivius Brown are your new two starting uh, cornerbacks. Dylan Thieneman coming in as a true freshman, starting at safety. I mean, this is I mean, you, you don't know
1: what you're going to get there. <laughs> they say, "Hey, hey, yeah, you do." Marcus Wilson's from uh, Connecticut; he's from the, the rival high school, so watch out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a
1: seal of approval right there. I like that. <laughs> yeah, he, he's from he's from the crib, so yeah. Um, if you get a pick for his game calling it.
0: <laughs> oh well I like that I like that confidence uh it, and also what's the deal with the depth chart here they've listed 12 players <clears throat> what's going on
2: there Jace I gotta be a yeah <laughs> yeah so, so some people were really confused by that um it is it's only because um it just depends on which package they're in so if it depends on what the offense is showing if they're showing a more run heavy approach they're gonna run with two linebackers um, cause it's I I don't, Corey. I don't know if I. He gave me that look. I don't know if you know what I was talking about. Uh, I got, run,
1: when you said the two packages, I got what you meant after that.
2: Yeah, so they're <laughs> running a, a, a five, basically a five-one-five. Five. So they're running five guys um, on the secondary. Um, five, one, so they're either five. gonna have they're gonna have essentially five defensive linemen. Two of them are outside linebackers, and then one middle linebacker, and the rest DBs.
1: No, nah, I get I'm not I, I get, I, pick, I get what you're saying, but I'm just damn. It, <laughs> I
2: mean, up until Purdue played Illinois last year, I had never seen anything like it.
1: I mean, do we have the athleticism to run with that all season?
2: I mean, that's going to be the question. <laughs> <laughs> that's most definitely going to be the question. But Travis, to get to your earlier point, so Yanni Karlaftis and OC Brothers will be the linebackers if if. The opposing offenses being more run heavier, things like that, and then Dylan Thienemann that third safety that'll come in and replace Yanni Karloftis, essentially.
0: Okay, okay, and it's good to see Karloftis uh, kind of jumping in the starter spot there, and it's been mm-hmm. pretty quiet for him the last few years as a pretty heralded recruit.
2: Yeah, it, it is nice to see him. I mean, he came in here with I mean, sky-high expectations, and maybe deservedly so because of his brother, um, but it is a little unfair that I, I guess the media and, and fans might have put that on him, uh, but he's kind of coming into his own, and the staff really likes him. So, hopefully, he'll have a big role. That be that would be wonderful. And
0: you know, talk about some other new names. Uh, I know you're really high on Jeffrey Mbaugh. Can you can you fill Corey <laughs> in on Jeffrey Emba? Because the way you've talked him up, I am I'm excited to see him play too.
2: Uh, I was a little disappointed because Brick Haley is basically insinuated that he was having a little hard time. Uh, transitioning to Purdue and and getting right with the defense because he came in during the summer, so he didn't have that head start that guys like Cole Brevard and and Isaiah Nichols and all the rest of them had. Um, I mean, but he's he's a massive dude three three fifteen six six. Originally came from he was born in Africa, um, moved to France when he was young, and then kind of went back and forth a little bit, um, and then came to America. And I mean, he was the top. Uh, juco guy just a couple years ago went down to auburn and he only played like 80 snaps i think but he had eight or ten tackles a tackle for loss and a sack so he was um he, he put up the numbers when he was on the field he just was never on the field so um i think it'll just be i think it'll just be about him unlocking that potential and he might not play a whole lot this year but if he sticks around next year he could be a guy that's a real big force because I mean, 315 He can move really well for a guy that size. I mean that he's just gonna wreak havoc when he gets one on one block. So,
1: that's NFL numbers right there. <laughs> that's man. a big boy. That's <laughs> a big man. <laughs> it's a grown man right there. <laughs>
0: Uh, I know you mentioned Cole Brevard is another newcomer. Uh, He he also seems like he's kind of locked down one of those middle spots too. And I think he's going to be pretty critical uh, just in the middle of that defensive line. Don't you agree, Jace?
2: Yeah. And um, as everyone knows that, that probably listens, we're not allowed in for the majority of practice. We just see some like individual drills, but one day, a couple days they were doing some, um, one-on-one drills uh, with the offensive line, defensive line. And Cole Brevard was wrecking the inside inside guys. I mean, he was absolutely ripping through them. So I, I'm excited to see how he does. He's another guy that's kind of um, played second fiddle during his Purdue career over the last couple of years. So um, he's he'll be a guy that's looking to make an impact and, and make a name for himself. He's a former four-star recruit, too. So um, he's got the the background. I mean, honestly, when I look at this, I think the front seven, I
0: mean, it's got some salt to it. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm still kind of concerned about the secondary just because of the, any that's there, but man, I think that defensive line and those linebackers, they can, they can cause some problems and uh, that'll help the secondary grow.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, I, I know Kyle mentioned it earlier this week. Um, the secondary is going to be really helped out by if this front line can get to the quarterback, and that's what it's going to boil down to. Um, you got Kyden Jenkins, who's coming back, super productive last year. Um, Corday Sidner, who was kind of a surprise last year. He was, he was pretty productive. And then Nick Scorton, who just broke onto the scene. He's really took that sophomore leap. Um, in, in my in my predictions for this season, I, I think that Nick Scorton's going to be a guy that's being talked about as a potential first-round pick. After this year's done, I think. I mean, the way that this team talks about him, they're they're raving almost as much about um, Scorton as they are about Hudson Card, and, and everyone loves Hudson Card on campus. Um, so that just kind of speaks to the leaps and strides that he's made over these last several months. And um, he's a guy that I mean, he's he unseated Corday Sidner for a starting spot despite not having as much experience. So um, he's gonna be he's gonna be one of the X factors for that defense on the front line
0: sweet all right saturday at noon what are you hoping to see and what do you expect to see jace
2: i think it will are we doing game picks game predictions? oh we can
0: do we can do game picks we'll get Corey's game pick i know the staff will have ours mm. on friday but yeah go ahead and tell us kind of what you think is going to happen on saturday
2: i think it's going to be closer than people i mean the lines that like produce like a four-point favorite it might be down to three now. Um, I think that's about right. I think it's going to be a close game. I think Purdue fans are going to be surprised by what they see out of Fresno State, specifically defense. And I think that it could be a relatively low scoring game. I'm not saying it's Iowa Illinois from last year, six to nine. Or eight. <laughs> no one
0: wants that. That that would be
2: that would be tough. That would be really tough. I don't um, know if they be. but I don't think it's going to be a forty to forty five shootout either. Um, I think Purdue. will I think Purdue has a has a good shot to win. I think they'll they'll squeak out of a uh, a decision and, and get a win here.
1: All right, Corey, what do you think? We're home with this, right? Yes. Yeah, you know I'm always going with the home team. So Purdue. I'm looking for Devin to show out and step into the light and let everybody know that this is his year. Uh. What's the quarterback name again? Hudson Card. Hudson Card, yeah. I'm I'm looking for him looking for him to show out and, and show that he's the big man on campus and this is gonna be his team. He's the, the guy that's gonna lead Purdue to that big bowl bow game. So
0: What what do you got as a score prediction then?
1: Oh sh sorry.
0: <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I can bleep that. That's not a problem. Alright, you ass of me. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: I'm gonna say 24-16.
0: Oh, yeah, that, that's that's pretty solid. Got him covering. Uh, I, you know, I I'm big on Mockaby, man. I think uh, I think he gets a hundred, and I think he finds the end zone twice. Uh, you know, feeling it right there, and you know, I think he breaks one big run, and that kind of is what's going to set the tone for Purdue. So I think I think they, I think they win. I think it's by less than a touchdown though. So. <laughs> All right. Do you have any final thoughts before we log off here, Corey? Uh,
1: did did Devin run track this off season? I don't mm-hmm. think so. Okay. <laughs> I always wonder why backseat at Purdue don't run track. Sometimes they do. I know um, Raheem
0: Mostert did, and he was like one of the best in the country when he did. I mean, yeah. He obviously, that Yeah,
1: that was that was a no brainer, but. I always, like, when I was there, I, I tried to run track and they wouldn't let me, but I always wonder why, like, that should be something that's incorporated into off season and get, the fastest guys on the team need to be on the track getting faster. <laughs> I I know they had
0: a guy uh, two years ago that he was going to do the double, but then he ended up transferring out and, mm-hmm. you know, played very little on football. He had some moments in track, but, uh, you know, it just didn't work out for him, so... All right, Jason, you have, you have any final thoughts?
2: No. All right. (laughs) I let it, I let it all out. I let it all out already.
0: All righty. Well, we do, uh, we're glad to be back here on the behind the rails podcast. I got to remember that that's the football podcast because we will have Corey or Casey doing his own separate basketball podcast here before too long. And, uh, We're just glad to be back. Season starts in a few days. So for Corey and for Jace, I am Travis Miller of Boiler Upload and Boiler Up. Like
2: always.